welcome to our podcast, A Moment at Home. This is Scotty. And this is Kristen. And we have been talking about change. And I feel like, I feel like you can't talk about change without talking about the worst kind of change. So true. There's some changes that change us forever. Yes. And not all, you know, obviously we talked about no one really likes change. But there are those things that really are bad. You know, the things in our lives that happen, you know, whether it's accidents or, you know, you see people whose life was changed forever because of a car accident. Yeah. Or things like that. Really grabs my heart when I see people have to face those changes. Even if I'm watching a movie, there are certain changes in a movie that grabs me deeper. And you hear me say it every time. And we watched a movie the other night, and there was death in it. And I said, I just can't stand death. I'm a pastor at do a lot of funerals. And that can numb you to a point. But I don't like to watch what change that brings to a family dynamic. I don't know that numb... I mean, it is kind of numbing, but it's almost conditioned. I agree with that. The numbing for me is the ministry side, and then it does condition. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. You know, like people who work in the hospital. There comes a point. You know, my dad, when he was working the floor as respiratory therapist, I mean, taking people off of a ventilator, he had to do it all the time. So it became... Yes. And what, you have to condition yourself emotionally. It is. I, I guess some things you don't get conditioned for, though. I understand that. I'm used to when there's a planned death and we know someone's dying. Yeah. But when there's a tragic moment that life is taken, nothing conditions you for that. You was not ready for that. No. Especially if it's of the youth or a younger adult that they pass away before their child. It's just like it's just not right. And... That never, you're never prepared for that. And don't get me wrong, in those moments, I feel like I'm conditioned for the moment now better than what I used to be. But still yet, there's something about it that shakes you. And I don't like that. And I know that worst kind of change is not always death. There's there's divorce. There's uh, an accident that changes the way you live. Uh, the worst kind of change job loss oh wow job loss has been huge for people just so many different things that we do but one of the things uh, that i can't help to think of with you and i when it comes to our lives that this is last month would have been the month we'd have a 10 year old yeah if we had a miscarried and we never did try after that but we pray we just never felt led to try i don't feel like we're missing anything in our life I feel like one day when we get to heaven, we'll get to meet that child. And that was that was a moment in our lives, I feel like, showed us a lot about each other because we dealt with it so different. We sure did. And in fact, it could have been, if we didn't have the Lord, I yeah. don't think, I think we had had a big issue in our marriage then. I agree. I think if it wasn't for God, you wanted to be held, and you wanted me there. I didn't want to be there, 
and I wanted to suppress it like it never happened. And I just wanted to be busy, busy, busy. But you needed me home. It was crazy. I, you know, when I miscarried, um, I was 11 weeks. 11 or 13. I can't remember the number. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, I didn't experience any symptoms of it. I just went to the doctor and had an ultrasound and the baby had no heartbeat. And that's, you know, of course, my mom doing ultrasound for a living. There are some things I still don't know what I'm looking at, but in looking at the ultrasound that day, I knew before the doctor told me. I mean, I knew. Well, there's no blink. You there see was, the constant blink, the flicker. Yeah. And you know that's a heartbeat. And I knew that even from when we had Ethan and, and we'd done ultrasounds. That day when we was looking, I just knew. And we went home, you know, and it was kind of like, you know, what's the next step here? And he told me, you can wait on this to pass on its own or we can do surgery and have a, a DNC. And and so we went home that night. And, of course, the whole time I was terrified that something was going to happen. But the next morning, you just got up and went to work. Yeah, I did. I did not like to deal with it. I really was looking forward to being a father for a second time. I had it set in my mind. We was excited. We yeah. tried. Uh, Ethan, we didn't try. He was happened. a surprise. He's a surprise. But an awesome surprise. But this time we tried. And, I mean, we it happened quick. Yeah. And that next morning they called me. And it's like when I went to bed that night, I put myself NPO like... To make sure that just in case a slot opened up in the OR, that I would be ready. That's right. And I couldn't even find you. Do you remember that? I do. I, the doctor's office called, and uh, my my friend Tanya had sent me flowers. It was right around Christmas, and she sent me flowers. And I answered the door, and then the doctor's office called, and I couldn't find you. Like, I kept calling and you didn't answer. I think I ended up, didn't I end up reaching you through somebody else or something? Somehow you found me that day. And I was just trying it's to like be you were busy. running. But that was the stage of my life, too, where I was more of a workaholic yeah. than I am now. So it was nothing different for me just to get up and go to work. But I was not about to take a day off. And I needed you home. Yes, you did. And, and you verbalized that. You yeah. told me, you said, listen, I've got to have you around. And I was okay with that once you told me that. And I realized how hard it was because I was hurting and you was hurting. But at the same time, I just thought you'd be okay just like I was going to be okay. We're not going to really discuss a lot about this. Uh, but we was really excited was the hard thing. So it was the worst kind of change for us. But at the same time, I feel like God's given us a story. Yeah, I agree. I feel like he's given us a story. There's people that face things. And to us, that was such a real moment that was hard. And if we didn't have the Lord during that time, the way I reacted could have been bad because a woman really needed a man present in that time. Most women would or, or their spouse or to be around somebody. And it's not somebody we didn't go run to my parents. Your parents lived 45 minutes to an hour away. We didn't run to nobody. We kind of we never even did we we never even announced it to the church. I couldn't. I remember if you remember what happened that week. I had already prepared a message on yeah, faith. I remember. I had, I mean, I'm talking about one of these messages about walking on faith. I had all the scriptures. 
I was ready to preach and all this happened. God did not change my message and I knew that and I still was faithful to the call. That day I had to suppress tears, suppress heartache and preach on faith knowing we had just lost a kid and you had to go for a DNC or already had it that week. Yeah. I mean, I was prepared for a message on Monday or Tuesday at week. All this went bam, bam, bam. I get up on a Sunday morning, suppress all that hurt and preach on faith. There was so much that was hard during that time. Do you remember when they wheeled me to surgery on the stretcher? They took us th- somehow through the waiting room. They did. And we had people from our church in the waiting room waiting on their daughter to have a baby. Yes. Do you remember that? I remember that. Yeah, that was difficult. And we had to just tell them then we, we lost the child. We never announced to anybody. No. We only told our close friends in the church. We kept it close. There are still people who, you know, have moved off or whatever that ask me about our kids. They do, Because me too. we never, I mean, I don't know that we ever made a Facebook post at that time or anything. Oh, no, we didn't. We, But, you know, we never did really, we just announced that we was having a baby. I don't think we did The week Facebook. before. Yeah, the week before. So we finally just announced we and waited until like 10 weeks. Yeah, we did make announce. sure you made it to a certain point and you was good. Uh, so we all deal with things differently. And even through the battle of pastoring and doing funerals and all that, the way I deal with death is, is it's not easy on me, uh, though we're conditioned for it in moments. But there's been tragedy. It's been tough. I, you know, <clears throat> I think sometimes your mind, I know for me, it's like I go into this weird autopilot during those moments. You know, as far as the ministry aspect of it, I remember when I was a principal, we lost a student. And you probably remember that. Yes, I do. And I just went into this, I was an assistant principal, and I went into this weird autopilot mode where I just dealt, you know, I... I took care of things as they came and never stopped. And that night I came home and I was walking into our, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was walking into our bedroom and you were in the bathroom. And as I was walking through the bedroom door, it just hit me like Mm -hmm. all of that emotion from that day and dealing with all of that just hit me in the face like a ton of bricks and i just lost it do you remember that i do i remember hearing you cry me running in there you know there's times when you're doing going through those moments of dealing with death you and even that you you go through the whole wake service you feed the family you're there you do the funeral and like you said, it's autopilot, but all of a sudden after you feed, maybe yeah. you have a big meal. We do these big meals for our families at the church when they have a passing, but it's right after that. It's like you come home, you, you have nothing like you have, you're so emotionally exhausted. You don't even realize you're emotionally exhausted. It's like you have this burst that yeah. I'm going to do this ministry. And once there's not another event to go to and the family goes home from that dinner and you clean up. It's just like you either you burst out in tears or you just emotionally are drained and you just crash. Yeah. And it's something for us that has been difficult. And we've been very fortunate. You know, we've dealt with a miscarriage and, you know, 
as far as in our immediate families, we haven't experienced a whole lot of death. Um, the year after we got married, my Papa Joe passed away. That was another one of those awful moments when I dealt with things so much differently than Scotty. Scotty was really close to my Papa. And, of course, my grandmother passed away a year ago, a little over a year ago. And to be on the receiving end of the benevolence ministry is really tough for me because you're used to always being the one doing the ministry and feeding the people and making sure they're taken care of. But then that moment happens when you're the one experiencing it and people are trying to minister to you. It's just really, really hard for me to accept. Yeah. I don't like it. Like through the surgeries I've had or something crazy. I didn't want people come. I tell people, don't come to the hospital, please. Not that I'm being mean, but it's hard to receive it. It is. It's hard to receive when you want to be the giver. Mm-hmm. I think that a gift of us in us is to give in those moments. And we've not learned how to receive. And that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Hard to explain, but we definitely are not good at receiving. I don't like gifts anyhow. Gifts are not a big thing, but I like gifts. You love gifts, but in those times, we have a hard time receiving. It's really not a gift. It's, it's just not. It's a different kind of gift. Different type of gift, but that brings me to think about Christ and when He died, the weight that the disciples had, and then I can't help but think about the Emmaus Road when Christ was walking with them, and He did not know their heads were low. They were sad that this was possibly. The Messiah, Christ, the Anointed One, the Savior. God sent some that He had died, but out of that worst kind of change, Christ leaving the disciples, leaving the earth. Many people adored Him, knowing that He was the One. You know, thinking about the natural side of that story in the Bible. Yes. You know the the hurt and disappointment and all of those things. The emotion that they felt. The disciples that were fishermen, they went back to fishing. Yeah. They No doubt they tried to just suppress it. We just got to go on, boys. We got to go back to fishing. We followed him. He, now he's gone. What do let's, we do? Let's go find the boat. Yeah. And we do that. Yeah. I went and found my boat when we <laughs> miscarried. Sure so I just went back to doing what I knew to do. And it's not that it was right. I just don't know how to deal with the worst kind of change. But Jesus still appeared to them and let them know it wasn't over. You know, and I think about the scripture and Jesus when he, you know, those three days that he was dead to the world in their eyes. But he was working, you know, he was in hell and he was getting people who had already passed on. You know, like he had a mission, but you think about the scripture in the Bible that says, death, where is your sting? Because in reality, death is the vehicle that gets us to the presence of the Lord, which should be joyous to us. But because of sin and because of the flesh, instead it stings us. That's right. 
the worst kind of change is hard to give things up. But when we give them up, new life comes. And if Jesus would have never died and never rose again, which was the worst kind of change in the natural, then the spiritual, the gospel, would not be the gospel. There would not be a message to preach if Jesus did not resurrect. So he had to die. Every death has a resurrection. Mm-hmm. There's always some type of new life, even in the worst kind of change. Even through death, there's always a new life. We're able to give life because we face death. It's true. So it's just a really deep podcast today. Yeah. You took us deep, sis. Come on now. All right. I want to close this out in prayer today. Father, we thank you so much that even in the most tragic events of our life that you're with us that through death you can bring new life through uh, tragedy you can bring still yet god our greatest joy you never forsake us you never leave us but you go with us even to the end even when we think we have nothing else left to give you are the giver of life and you bring life out of us for you are the resurrection to life god you bless each and every person as they listen today in jesus name Amen.